dust in my chest as I sing where my loyalties will rest. Oh, well, children, it's been a long time since I have recorded one of these podcasts. Sorry about the noise. I'm set my cell phone down on a on our dining room table and it creaks a little bit when I lean on it. I recorded an episode on April 27th, my mom, the day of my mom's passing, and I uh, I listened to it and I didn't like it. I think it was a little, it was filled with a lot of anger towards family members who kind of, I would say, abandoned my family after she died and it was just, it, it wasn't edifying and it wasn't helpful to you guys. So I decided to delete it. A lot, a lot has happened since April 27th. Today is November 8th. Your mom turns 42 in a couple days. I just put you guys to bed. Yeah, your mom's right now out with your Tia. Your tia. I keep forgetting um. Uh, trying to do this anonymously, so just we don't need to use names. Um, just taking a sip of some tea. That's way too hot. About two weeks ago, my father died. Hasn't been easy. Having kids of my own, I know it's the natural order for a parent to go before a child, but. Still been kind of hard, and uh, I guess that's an understatement. I'm going to share some of the stories my dad shared with me, so you guys can have them. He died on a Tuesday night in a hospital, both myself and my youngest of my older sisters was there with him in person. My older two sisters were on a video call. So they were there too. He died on a Tuesday, and my sister flew in from where she was living, and instead of flying, instead of her flying back, I said, why don't I drive you down um, back home? Because she lives about an eight-hour drive from here. So we did that, and on the... As we were driving, you know, home, to take her home, I told her a bunch of stories about my dad that she didn't know, like a lot. And I realized something. I came to some to an epiphany. You know, growing up, I was the only boy, and I have three older sisters. And I came to this epiphany that my dad was territorial over me. Whenever he went anywhere, he took me with him. He told me stories from his job and from his life and from when he was in the military. And luckily, I have a very good memory. So I'm going to try and tell those stories here when I remember them. The other day, the day after he passed away, or, or a couple days, it was a couple days, I realized that there are a lot of VHS videotapes in the basement where I live. 
And I thought, I'm going to go track those down, and then I'll take them to a video store who could turn them into, like, a digital copy, you know, so we could have them forever, and I could share them with my sisters. And I came across, uh, in, in one of the boxes, a Bible my dad said I could have after he dies. And he told me not, I, I think, I'm pretty sure he told me not to look at it in it until he passed away. I'm going to share this inscription he 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 wrote in this Bible. Two, and it says my name. You know me and my dad have the same name. This Bible belongs to, and it says my dad's name, and is to become my son's Bible upon my death. He continues to attend church with me, and the hand of the Lord is upon him. If this is his only inheritance from me, he too will leave this earth a wealthy, wealthy man. My son continues to honor me and his mother. He is everything I am not, and everything I always wanted to be as a man. I am very proud of him. Love. That says my dad's full name. Probably the most precious thing I've ever read in my life. My dad was good at journaling. Really good. And I've found a couple other Bibles, too, he wrote in. In fact... Uh, a couple of years ago, a woman called me just randomly. She's, she said, are you George? Uh, I'll say, I'm not going to say my last name. But are you, you know, so-and-so? I said, yeah, that's me. She's like, well, you don't sound old enough to be who I'm looking for. I was like, oh, that's probably my dad. But she's like, well, I have a Bible that your dad left in my house. And so I went to the house, and it was in my hometown. Evidently, my dad would go over to this person's house once a week to minister to him as he was dying. And he left one of his Bibles there. And so that's one of the Bibles I had, I have as well. And it doesn't have an inscription to me, but it does have a lot of writing and highlighting and just my dad's own handwriting in it. And my handwriting is terrible, which is one of the reasons I'm recording this for you guys, so you guys can have my voice. And I think there's nothing sweeter than, than the Bible, and me reading the Bible to you guys is going to be a great, I think it's going to be a great blessing. To you guys. I hope. Okay, now let's see if I can take some of this tea. It's very hot. It's a little bit after 8 p.m. Hopefully most of you guys are asleep right now. I knew my dad was going to die. He was never in the best health. And... My sisters would even joke about it, like, how has he lived this long? But it still hurts. My dad spoke a lot about the afterlife and what he thought would happen when he dies. And, and it, I mean, we really talked a lot about it from when I was a little boy to, you know, the last time I talked to him. He had a lot of ideas. And as they come up, I will... Share them with you. I hope he was right about what he thought would happen. I really do. One of the things he would say quite a bit is to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that's scripture. So as soon as he took his last breath, he was, he was in the Father's house.
So we're reading through Leviticus. I think we last left off at Leviticus 21. I'm going to see how far I could get. I think we could get through, I think we could do 22, 23, and 24 today. I think we could do that. I'm reading from my father's Bible that he left me. I believe it's the same translation. It's the New International Version. Version. Say that right? So, I don't try and be uniform with the translations. So, without further ado, I'll take another sip, and we'll have Leviticus 22. We'll start with that. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons to treat with respect the sacred offerings the Israelites consecrate to me, so they will not profane my holy name. I am the Lord. I love when he, when he ends paragraphs with I am the Lord. I love it. Yeah. Say to them, For the generations to come, if any of your descendants is ceremonial unclean, and yet comes near the sacred offerings that the Israelites consecrate to the Lord, that person must be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord. If a descendant of Aaron has an infectious skin disease or a bodily discharge, he may not eat the sacred offerings until he's cleansed. He will also be unclean if he touches something defiled by a corpse or by anyone who has an emission of semen, or if he touches anything, any crawling thing that makes him unclean, or any person who makes him unclean. Whatever the uncleanness may be, the one who touches any such thing will be unclean till evening. He must not eat any of the sacred offerings unless he has bathed himself with water. When the sun goes down, he will be clean, and after that he may eat the sacred offerings, for they are his food. He must not eat anything found dead or torn by wild animals, and so become unclean through it. I am the Lord. The priests are to keep my requirements so that they do not become guilty and die for treating them with contempt. I am the Lord who makes them holy. No one outside a priest's family may eat the sacred offering, nor may excuse me, the guest of a priest or his hired worker eat it. But if a priest buys a slave with money, or if a slave is born in his household, that slave may eat, may eat his food. If a priest's daughter marries anyone other than a priest, she may not eat any of the sacred contributions. But if a priest's daughter becomes a widow or is divorced, yet has no children, and she returns to live in her father's house, as in her youth, she may eat of her father's food. No unauthorized person, however, may eat any of it. If anyone eats a sacred offering by mistake, he must make restitution to the priest for the offering and add a fifth of the value to it. The priest must not desecrate the sacred offerings the Israelites present to the Lord by allowing them to eat the sacred offerings and so bring upon them guilt requiring payment. I am the Lord who makes them holy. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to Aaron and his sons, and to all the Israelites, and say to them, If any of you, either an Israelite or an alien living in Israel, presents a gift for a burnt offering to the Lord, either to fulfill a vow or as a freewill offering, you must present a male without defect from the cattle, sheep, or goats, in order that it may be accepted on your behalf. Do not bring anything with a defect, because it will not be accepted on your behalf. When anyone brings from the herd or flock, a fellowship offering to the Lord to fulfill a special vow, or as a free will offering, it must be without defect or blemish to be acceptable. Do not offer to the Lord the blind, the injured, or the maimed, or anything with warts or festering, 
or running sores. Do not place any of these on the altar as an offering made to the Lord by fire. You may, however, present as a freewill offering an ox or a sheep that is deformed or stunted, but it will not be accepted in fulfillment of a vow. You must not offer to the Lord an animal whose testicles are bruised, crushed, torn, or cut. You must not do this in your own land, and you must not accept such animals from the hand of a foreigner and offer them as the food of your God. They will not be accepted on your behalf, because they are deformed and have defects. The Lord said to Moses, When a calf, a lamb, or a goat is born, it is to remain with its mother for seven days. From the eighth day on, it will be acceptable as an offering made to the Lord by fire. Do not slaughter a cow or a sheep and its young on the same day. When you sacrifice a thank offering to the Lord, sacrifice it in such a way that it will be accepted on your behalf. It must be eaten that same day. Leave none of it till morning. I am the Lord. Keep my commands and follow them. I am the Lord. Do not profane my holy name. I must be acknowledged as holy by the Israelites. I am the Lord who makes you holy and who brought you out of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. Chapter 23. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to Israelites, speak to the Israelites, and say to them, These are my appointed feasts, the appointed feasts of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. There are six days when you may work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of rest, a day of sacred assembly. You are not to do any work wherever you live, it is a Sabbath to the Lord. These are the Lord's appointed feasts, the sacred assemblies you are to proclaim at their appointed times. The Lord's Passover begins at twilight on the 14th day of the first month. On the 15th day of that month, the Lord's Feast of the Unleavened Bread begins. For seven days you must eat bread made without yeast. On the first day hold a sacred assembly and and do no regular work. For seven days present an offering made to the Lord by fire. And on the seventh day, hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you enter the land I am going to give you and you reap its harvest, bring to the priest a sheaf of the first grain of your harvest. He is to wave the sheaf before the Lord so it will be accepted on your behalf. The priest is to wave it on the day after the Sabbath. On the day you wave the sheaf, You must sacrifice as a burnt offering to the Lord a lamb a year old without defect, together with its grain offering of two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil, an offering made to the Lord by fire, a pleasing aroma, and its drink offering of a quarter of a hin of wine. You must not eat any bread or roasted or new grain until the very day you bring this offering to your God. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come wherever you live. From the day after the Sabbath, the day you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, count off seven full weeks, count off fifty days up to the day after the seventh Sabbath, and then present an offering of the new grain to the Lord. From wherever you live, bring two loaves made of two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour, baked with yeast as a wave offering of first fruits to the Lord. Present with this bread seven male lambs, each a year old and without defect, one young bull and two rams. They will be a burnt offering to the Lord, together with their grain offerings and drink offerings, an offering made by fire and aroma pleasing to the Lord. Then sacrifice one male goat for a sin offering and two lambs, each a year old for a fellowship offering. The priest is to wave the two lambs before the Lord as a wave offering 
together with the bread of the first fruits. Excuse me, yawning. They are a sacred offering to the Lord of the priest, for the priest. On that same day, you are to proclaim a sacred assembly and do no regular work. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come wherever you live. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and the alien. I am the Lord your God. The Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, On the first day of the seventh month, you are to have a day of rest, a sacred assembly commemorated with trumpet blasts. Do no regular work, but present an offering made to the Lord by fire. The Lord said to Moses, The tenth day of this seventh month is the day of atonement. Hold a sacred assembly and deny yourselves, and present an offering made to the Lord by fire. Do not work on that day, because it is the day of atonement. When atonement is made for you before the Lord your God, anyone who does not deny himself on that day must be cut off from his people. I will destroy from among his people anyone who does any work on that day. You shall do no work at all. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come wherever you live. It... It is a Sabbath of rest for you, and you must deny yourselves. From the beginning of the ninth uh, day of the month until the following evening, you are to observe your Sabbath. The Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, On the fifteenth day of the seventh month of the Lord's Feast of Tabernacles begins, and it lasts for seven days. The first day is a sacred assembly. Do no regular work. For seven days present offerings made to the Lord by fire. And on the eighth day, hold a sacred assembly and present an offering made to the Lord by fire. It is the closing assembly. Do no regular work. These are the Lord's appointed feasts, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies for bringing offerings made to the Lord by fire. The burnt offerings and grain offerings, sacrifices and drink offerings required for each day. These offerings are in addition to those for the Lord's Sabbaths and in addition to your gifts and whatever you have vowed and all the freewill offerings you give to the Lord. So beginning with the 15th day of the seventh month, after you have gathered the crops of the land, celebrate the festival to the Lord for seven days. The first day is a day of rest, and the eighth day also is a day of rest. On the first day you are to take choice fruit from the trees and palm fronds, leafy branches and poplars, and rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. Celebrate this as a festival to the Lord for seven days each year. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. Celebrate (coughs) it in the seventh month. Live in booths for seven days. All native-born Israelites are to live in booths, so your descendants will know that I had the Israelites live in it in booths when I brought them out of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So Moses announced to the Israelites the appointed feast of the Lord. I'm going to take a sip of some tea. How are we doing on time? Not too bad. Leviticus goes to 27 chapters. I think I'm going to go to 24 and then I'll call it quits for today. It's very good tea. Orange tea with with, uh, honey. I think I hear a voice. Or not a voice, some steps. Oh, that's ringing outside. Okay, Leviticus, chapter 24. The Lord said to Moses, Command the Israelites to bring you clear oil of pressed olives for the light, so that the lamps may be kept burning continually. Outside, 
uh, the curtain of the testimony in the tent of meeting, Aaron is to tend the lamps before the Lord from evening till morning continually. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. The lamps on the pure gold lampstand before the Lord must be tended continually. <coughs> Take fine flour and bake twelve loaves of bread using two-tenths of an ephah for each loaf. Set them in two rows, six in each row, on the table of pure gold before the Lord. Along each row, put some pure incense as a memorial portion to represent the bread and to be an offering made to the Lord by fire. This bread is to be set up before the Lord regularly. Sabbath after Sabbath on behalf of the Israelites is a lasting covenant. It belongs to Aaron and his sons, who are to eat it in a holy place. Because it is a most holy part of their regular share of the offerings made to the Lord by fire. Now the son of an Israelite mother and an Egyptian father went out among the Israelites, and a fight broke out in the camp between him and an Israelite. The son of the Israelite woman blasphemed the name with a curse, so they brought him to Moses. His mother's name was Shemeleth, the daughter of Dibri, the Danite. They put him in custody until the will of the Lord should be made clear to them. Then the Lord said to Moses, Take the blasphemer outside the camp. All those who heard him are to lay their hands on his head, and then the entire, and the entire assembly is to stone him. Say to the Israelites, If anyone curses his God, he will be held responsible. Anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord must be put to death. The entire assembly must stone him. Whether an alien or native-born, when he blasphemes the name, he must be put to death. If anyone takes the life of a human being, he must put, be put to death. If anyone, uh, anyone who takes the life of someone's animal must be, make restitution, life for life. If anyone injures his neighbor, whatever he has done must be done to him. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. As he has injured the other, so he is to be injured. Whoever kills an animal must make restitution, but whoever kills a man must be put to death. You are to have the same law for the alien and the native-born. I am the Lord your God. Then Moses spoke to the Israelites, and they took the blasphemer outside the camp and stoned him. The Israelites did as the Lord commanded Moses. So many things I would love to unpack in that one. So many things. Uh... From owning a slave to blaspheming God and being stoned. I don't, I know there's a lot of things to um, controversy people have about slavery in the Old Testament. Um, from what I've read and what I've heard and I've listened to podcasts, and, uh, the term slave is translated from, like, I think indentured servants, which isn't any better, but I think it's, it's not like, the slaves of, like, American slaves who were treated so badly, or Jewish slaves um, treated by the Israelites. Before you make any judgments, I would say do your research. Read some books on it. Don't just assume that you know or someone tells you, hey, you know, this, this God is okaying slavery. So I don't think that's true. Take another sip. tell you a little bit more about my dad. He loved John Wayne. In fact, while in the military, my dad was hitchhiking back to San Diego, and John Wayne actually picked him up while he was hitchhiking. And my dad got into his car. I think, I think he said it was a Corvette, but I can't. That, uh, that's fuzzy, but 
my dad, all my dad said was, are you who I think you are? And, and John Wayne said, I am. And they made some small talk about the military and, and then he dropped him off at base. Um, such a great story. My dad loved John Wayne movies. He loved a lot of movies. We watched a lot of them together. Uh, but there's a movie called Big Jake, which is, which is, um, a John Wayne movie, and he, my dad acted so much like that character from Big Jake, and also the character from the movie The Cowboys, another John Wayne movie. And he absolutely loved The Quiet Man. It's a John Wayne and Maureen O'Hara movie. It's a great, great movie. It's actually pretty darn funny, too. Um, I love you kids so much. And I hope you are in your 60s or 70s when I go. I hope you're not in your 40s. That would be sad. But I'll tell you this. God's going to take me when God takes me. And I may not even finish this this um, endeavor I've taken to read through the Bible. So you guys are going to have my voice reading the Bible to you. God's time is perfect. But it's God's time, not us humans. Tomorrow's Tuesday, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the the namesake, the king, and the and the spy to school while your mom takes the entrepreneur. Um, I'm proud of all of you. I hope you know that. I hope I say that enough. At the end of the movie, uh, The Cowboys, John Wayne is, his character is dying. Spoiler alert, the movie came out in 1968 or something. He's dying. And I was watching, I remember I was eight and I was watching with my dad, I think for the first time. And John Wayne's character is looking at all these schoolboys who are helping him on this cattle drive. And he, his character looks at him and says, I'm proud of you, all of you. Every man wants his sons to be better than he is. You are. And my, the first time I watched that with my dad, I was no older than the king, my child I can't refer to as the king, and my dad is just sobbing because his father never said he was proud of him and he never said that he loved him. And my dad told me that every moment of the day. So I'll tell you this, you four, I'm proud of you, all of you, and you're all better than I am, and I love you very much, and in everything as you want do it for the kingdom.
people balancing the fasting and the feast A call to give and to serve and celebrate For you are great, oh my God, you are great So I pledge to know and love you above all So oh.